stuff. Um, Late night episodes, slightly different settings today. Yeah, very much so. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna have to get this one done. Yeah, I'm gonna have to perk myself up for this one for sure. Five a.m. start this morning, so I'm like, oh, you're drinking. Yeah, I was at five this morning. That's absolutely early PT clients. They like them at six a.m., which is fair enough. To be fair, like it's how it's a good time to train. Really, get down out the way. When I used to coach full time, it was early mornings and late nights because obviously you're working around people's nine to fives literally yeah and lunch much. break yeah squeezing them in at like 12 yeah. to 1 1 to 2 type thing literally literally but yeah um and i guess that kind of builds off some of the stuff that we've been talking about recently anyway and that's like getting it in and getting it pretty done. much pretty much yeah and like, it's quite a nice time to coach really because the gym isn't too busy as it is on an evening um so you can kind of work through everything a little bit easier yeah. um yeah, no, it always goes fine. I'm a bit way more of a morning person than an evening person anyway, generally. So I'm generally yeah. quite sprightly and awake anyway. Like, it doesn't take me long to, like, wake up. Just, like, 30 seconds of cold shower at the end of the warm shower, and I'm, like, I'm good to go. Then you're awake up and Then yeah, I'm awake, yeah, 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 yeah. Get some caffeine and out the door. Yeah, a little bit of Monster Energy this morning, and I was, I was good to go. Beautiful. I did go home and have a 45-minute nap and then came back to work later on. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was out like a light when I came home and then I came back into work later on that is something I cannot yeah. do I, um, yeah, I'm strict yeah. about getting my kind of 8 plus a night yeah, um, yeah, yeah. to be fair once we finish this it will literally be go down grab a snack and go to bed go to bed yeah no, I but I cannot nap during the day I, there's, I, I just can't do it I, can't I used to be like that anywhere. Yeah, I used to be like that for sure I think any more than like I try and usually, if I do have a need like a day, it's usually on weekends or what, like if I have a day off, but like if I have any more than 45, that becomes like a sleep then and then I wake up more tired. I find yeah, so like if I have a, a max 45 minutes, it's like just about enough to just put you back up again. If you're having like two hour naps, you're not going to feel good the rest of the day and it's also going to fuck up your sleep for later on too. Do you have to um, set you an alarm if you know you're going to sleep? Yeah, I'll set like a timer. Yeah, yeah. I'll just set yeah, a 45 minute timer and just nod off. I know any time that I have fallen asleep during the day, that's exactly what happens. I wake up feeling rough. Worse, yeah, yeah. yeah You've got to be careful with it, for sure. For sure. Anyway, that isn't the topic of today's discussion. It's not on sleep. <laughs> although, I mean, it's pretty, although I think that's probably the one to come yeah, at some yeah. point. Get as much sleep as you can is the simplest of all. Yeah, I don't think there's much for recovery. It's like, yeah. don't you worry about tracking your sleep. Just get as much as you can. Get as much as you that. can. I know yeah. some people always have like more trouble than others. Just generally, just as happens, some people aren't just like just just struggle to get to sleep. I know a fair few yeah. people are like that. I've luckily never been one of those people. I'm usually out pretty quickly. I sleep. Quite no, well, but... I again, without going off too far off on a sleep tangent, two yeah, small sure. things that I do. Yeah, sure. Um, and to to be fair, tonight will probably affect it. Is one of them after nine o'clock, no devices. Um, yeah. although we're going against that right now and the other thing I wear yeah, is an eye mask every night so it's pitch black oh cool I'm okay. solid yeah. fair play I've never tried that every night. yeah I never had a problem and then one night I just for some reason I was really aware of the light so the next day I just went online for an eye mask and never stopped wearing it and it's, it oh, makes fair. a huge difference so yeah, uh, yeah. small things well, whatever works works and just yeah. trying to get in a schedule and a routine with it is always good, you know. Like, don't yeah. sleep differently every night or whatever. You know, try and get hundred percent and follow it through on weekends and things like that. Yeah, literally as much as you can. As much. As so, you can. 
before this does turn into a full sleep episode. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so I guess what we're going to kind of look at this week really is just a continuation of where we were last week, kind of Pretty what much. happened. Yeah. When you move out of that beginner to intermediate phase, what happens when you've been, I don't know, at the gym for more than three months, six months, you're confident in the environment, what happens next? Do I just blindly carry on as, as I've been going or do things start to change for me? Um, yeah, I think it's 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 difficult one because sometimes you're not really sure when you're you can kind of judge that on quite a few different metrics really when you're kind of out of the beginner stage and into that intermediate stage. I mean yeah. generally I think like you just touch on when you feel more comfortable is definitely a transition period. You like you get used to the gym, but then you could also this might take even a year or so to get to this point where you just start plateauing on everything. Yeah, I like think you just start plateauing on lifts, and you can't just can't suddenly lift more doing what you've been doing before. I think, yeah, I think there's going to be two sets of people. There's going to be the people that just blindly go to the gym every day, or blindly go to, for a run every day. Every um, Richard Udiva, those things, for example, they just go to the gym two times a week, three times a week, whatever it might be. They do the same routine every day. They they hit the same machines, the same weights. Nothing changes. They're going through those motions of going to the gym. The same as people might go for a run or they might go for a bike ride, whatever it might be. And they go through the motions of doing those things. They go for a run the same distance, same pace every single time. They go for a bike ride, same distance, same pace every different time. And this, to me, is quite an important period because this is where you either lose somebody or something changes for them to then move on to the next stage of their progression. So you can use a lifter where they're now starting to get a little bit more confident. They're going to start transitioning from machines to free weights, machines to bars, or a combination mm-hmm. of all three, whatever it might be. And they're actually starting to look at some real programming. So they're, like I say, they're confident in the environment. They're, they're confident that this is the route that they kind of want to take their fitness. And then, yeah, but what, what do they do next? How do they start to program or what might they start doing to, to move on from, like say, to break that plateau, for example, um, where they've just been stuck in the same lift day in, day out. They're not seeing any progression because those newbie gains are starting to break off or kind of slip back into their own eating habits or, or whatever it might be. Um, I think that is a really, really important stage to, to catch people because I think this is the stage where people lose their discipline yeah. motivation. And this can happen, I think, really anything from, yeah, about 12 weeks up to 12 months. I think that's a really, I know that's quite a broad window. It's a sweet spot though. Yeah, sure. It's somewhere in that period where this can happen to people, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it's, it's, I don't know, yeah, because you just do get, you do kind of have to switch things up a fair amount just to break yourself out of that yeah. re- repetitive cycle um, of exercises and things. Things can just get a little bit boring, a little bit stale. And I think things are always a bit goal dependent. Like you could achieve your goal and that's when a lot of people stop going when they've got yep. what they wanted out of the gym or whatever it is and their or lifestyle change they've lost a ton of weight or whatever it is so it's like oh i finally fit into that size 10 or i'm finally 11 stone i've got what it is and then you're like shit now what now like what? you finally get what it is you wanted and then suddenly if you assign too much of your like happiness to the goal you've got to be a little bit careful because as soon as you get that you might feel a little bit deflated. Like you're obviously going to feel happy for what you've achieved and you should feel proud of yourself, but there should be a part of you that's trying to enjoy the process just as much because then afterwards, once you've achieved what it is, you have what you wanted, you can then go away. Okay. Now, now what do I want? Like what process am I going to now work towards to continue down the line? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I can use myself as a great example of this. So I'm now proper into my taper ahead of London Marathon this weekend. I am already thinking about next Monday and next Tuesday's training and how I now start to move into a maintenance space. I know at the moment my next race is the start of August. So I know that in some period there, I'm going to have to start to get back into that kind of training mode. I'm no longer exercising. I'm starting to train, and I'm going to be training for that event in August. But what I won't do next week is just wake up on Monday morning and get, that's it, it's done. Got my marathon. I've hit the distances I wanted. Um, so I'm just going to bum about. I'm already thinking about now how I slip now into maintenance for a couple of weeks, just get my body back, get my recovery back, slowly start to build my legs back, slowly start to build my strength back again, and then move into that next phase. And I think that's a really important thing is that what people don't do is I think if you're training for an event, you shouldn't look past it, but you should look beyond it. And what I mean by that is, I know, would you use a fighter as a great example? Instead of like focusing on who your next opponent's going to be, you need to focus on this opponent, but you also need to focus on the longevity of your career. Um, and that's kind of how I sort of approach events that I do. I know that I'm running a marathon this weekend, and I know this isn't the last event I'm going to do, and I'm not looking past this. I'm not even considering what my times are going to be in anything later in the year. But I'm already thinking about, right, once I've got that 42K out of the way on Sunday, what do I move into on Monday and on Tuesday, and how do I transition from that into maintenance, then on to my next event? Um, And I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make, is that exactly as you've just said, I've hit that size 10 I've run that half marathon. I'm done. That's it. I've, I've reached my goal. Now what? And that's where I think a lot of people slip off and they start to make that mistake. Um, and I think it is really good that people just have those periods where they're no longer training for something and they're just training for the fun of it. They're going there just to get their body moving, to get themselves feeling happy, to take an hour out of lunch time or get up early in the morning, as you say, and just feel good about themselves for a little while. Um, and I think that is just a, a real key time where people need to continue to be involved because again that's the easy time and it's really really easy to slip off is once you hit that that short time goal I guess yeah definitely it's it is a case of you do kind of have to look beyond things a little bit you're right it's it's hard to um I think you know you're you're always going to try and give yourself um like people always try and give themselves as as an, an excuse to like stop so like once you've achieved your goal that's like the perfect excuse right like well i've done it now i've done what i was working towards so i might as well just i don't need to do anything anymore um so like but don't it's you don't want to throw away all the work you've already done you know like that's just it would otherwise that process was a little bit of a little bit of a waste if you run a 10k sign yourself up for a half and half in six months time you know and just try and not or just do something completely different doesn't have to be enough if you've been running the whole time don't have to then carry on running if you don't want to like you do really something else that's physical just crack on and do, maybe you want to do some crazy swim or i don't know a, a bike ride or a iron man or a half iron man or something you know just I find something else agree. i think that's the thing i think people don't need to be defined by that one thing that they do so yeah. for example like I, right now i'm very run focused because i'm training for a marathon um, if in case I haven't already said that, um, yeah. but yeah, you're running London Marathon. Did you know that? <laughs> Unbelievable. See, I see how it goes. 
I'd um, be an but... awful friend if I didn't know you <laughs> and incredibly oh. ignorant. Yeah, absolutely. But my main focus last year was high rocks. And I took a, the second half of the year, especially, I put all of my efforts into doing the high rocks um, because it was something I wanted to do. And it it just appealed to me. It very much suits my style of training, that mix of lifting, fast lifting and running. And it, it was an event that actually really well suited me. I'm probably a little bit underweight for it, but I, I don't care. I just wanted to go out and I wanted to do that event and I wanted to test myself. Literally within about three weeks of completing the IROX, I got my um, acceptance into the London Marathon. So there's that instant shift in mentality where you've got to go from being super strong and super quick over 1K at a time to being able to then run 42K. So the transition there is absolutely huge. And I think that's the reason why I continue to stay involved in sports is because I do switch it up. I do mix it up. It's, it's kind of like I've, I've gone from 5K races. I've gone all the way up to ultras. I've done in between that. I've done obstacle course races, again, ranging from 5K around the stadium to, again, 25, 26K plus distance. Um, and I think that's the key thing is just not letting yourself get bored. And then that goes all the way back to your training is how do you keep your training plan? How do you structure your training in a way that keeps you wanting to go back? Yeah, I've got a question for you. Um, what the he- I, I've seen it on TV. What the hell is High Rocks? Is it oh, just like sure. some weird CrossFit variant? <laughs> so what it is, is it's a combination of strength exercises and running. It's the same format at every level. Uh, okay. Okay, so it's, it's one test. It's not like CrossFit where they throw uh, all right. these different things. Every event is a 1K run followed by going to get the numbers wrong here um followed by a sled push um and the sled push is 140 somewhere between 120 and 140k i can't remember and i can't remember and you just do all this as quick as you can kind of thing you just do all as quick as you can Uh, and then it's another 1k run followed by sled pull another one so every event has a 1k run so i don't keep repeating myself um and then it's a thousand meter row thousand meter ski arg um, there's what is there? Sandbag lunges, burpee board jumps. Oh, again, the distance. Yeah, hundred wall walls is the finisher. Um, I feel like I'm missing. How long does this take? About half. Uh, I came in the top twenty and I finished in one sixteen. Oh, so it's over an hour. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So, oh, shit. Um, yeah, so it's eight k of running, um, and each yeah, one having a dunk of myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah right. I think Not the for running now. for me worked out about thirty one, thirty two minutes, and then the rest of it was spread across the eight events. Okay. Um, I was fast on the running, slower on the events because yeah, of, about right. because obviously, like I, I weigh like running seven kilos, thing, yeah. and I'm yeah. against guys that are like. 90 plus kilos but i was catching yeah. them on the running so that's where the balance came in um but awesome event awesome fun really really good way of pushing yourself i think if i was to do it again i'd probably start looking at doubles um as opposed to just like single person competition just because the, the size difference i feel like if i was to do mixed doubles or something like that i would i'd probably be uh in a pretty good place yeah okay but, uh, yeah it's, it's great it's one of those events though that i would have had more fun if it was just a training session 
Okay, yeah, and you won't yeah, compete. I really enjoyed the event and stuff like that, but um, I don't know if I enjoyed the environment so much. It's indoors at Birmingham NEC, and it was just a big... It was like competing in a nightclub. It was just big and loud and brash. Okay, and yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. And I personally would have thought, would have enjoyed it more if it was just a big training session and a little bit more yeah, okay. fun. But yeah, yeah. yeah, still a good event. Still oh, a good event. Okay, and again, enough. great way just to break things up and train for something different. Um, yeah. I had to like, I, I kind of went to a different gym for a few months, um, started doing like strongman stuff, loads of sled pull stuff with those guys and just really building up that kind of sort of functional movement strength and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and just tried to put on some weight as well. All of that though, was still trying to maintain fast 1K times. So I was yeah. still trying to put like three minute, low three minute 1Ks. So I still had to try and maintain that as well. Um, but again, that's going back to what we're saying. This is just a really good way of just breaking things up. Um, I'd spent the early part of the year training for obstacle course races and longer distance ones as well. So a lot of my year was just running, lots of yeah. and a lot of running. So by moving into that high rocks, it just allowed me to kind of switch things up, start thinking about more of those strongman exercises and yeah. do something different for a couple of months. Yeah, I think... I think that's where me and you differ actually because a lot of your sort of training is based a lot it's like event based in a lot of respects like it's based around events yeah. whereas mine right now is is kind of it's, it doesn't really have an end date like i just want to get indefinitely better at climbing so like yes. it doesn't I'm just for like the next several years like i don't have like an event i'm training for like i have a grade i want to get to by the end of the year like that's just kind of in the background going but like whether I had the grade goal or not, I'm still going to be trying to get better. Like, so it doesn't really. So the way I structure my training is like, at least now anyway, is I just do like 12 week blocks. And then each 12 week block, I just switch things up a bit um, yeah. just to keep, just to add a new stimulus as I find, because I'm still trying to learn the best way to get better um, and sort of cover extra ground. It's just in case of I just want to switch things up every 12 weeks one uh, but also yeah like we've been saying just to keep things fresh and new and just add new exercises in a little bit Absolutely. um so it's just an ongoing for me thing just to get better 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 at climbing I think um I think if if I wasn't competing in any way I would absolutely still be training because there's obviously been periods yeah, of course, I mean, where yeah, I've not sure. where I've not been competing but so the, uh, with the biggest period of that being when I first like stop competing at MMA, for example. And the first thing there that I wanted to do was just train for the sake of enjoying it. I purposely wanted to do that. Um, it kind of tied up with two things. So basically, when I made that decision that I wasn't going to compete anymore, um, I, at the time I had to have surgery on my nose and it was like a third or fourth surgery that I'd had in a small period of time and things like this. There's all these kind of things. I was like, I'm kind of bored of this now. And I wanted to kind of like just take a break from it, um, thinking that that would probably be the last, that would kind of be the end of my competitive MMA career as it was. So I went traveling for a bit. And whilst we were traveling, inevitably you don't work out as much as you would normally. And we just went off and enjoyed ourselves, put some weight on so coming back from that, I had like kind of two things. One of them was like, I need to get back into shape, get back to where I was. The second one was, I just want to spend a little bit of time in training and enjoying it for me because I've just spent so long doing it with that kind of fight mentality. I was always working towards a fight or a grappling competition or something like that. So for about six or seven months, probably, that's all I did. It was just work that for the sake of it. Had no programming, just 
just got up and enjoyed it. Right, today's going to be the weights. I'm going to go out and smash some weights. I did upper body yesterday, so I'll do lower body today. Uh, I'm going to go for a run. I was literally doing it all on the fly. No programming, no tracking, nothing. And then probably after, yeah, about six or seven months, I was just starting to think to myself, I'm in great shape, but now I only use this fitness. I'm a competitive person by nature. So that's when I started to move into actually competing things and entered like my first trail run, did really well, and then just kind of like progressed it from there. And what I realized instantly when I did that run was just kind of like, yeah, I'm competitive. I need to have this to keep me not motivated to train, but to always give me something to work towards. And yeah, it, yeah. It, the two things just kind of fell in together. And then when I moved from trailing to OCR and realized that I can actually do okay at this, it was kind of like that's the next level of motivation. Um, so like I don't end things like Spartan National Series and things like that, where it's kind of like it it means nothing to anybody except for me, I guess. But to me, it's like I'm competing at an event at a national level. So it's kind of like I want to try and get that podium place on that event. So all of my training then would be focused towards getting there. But I don't think that goes any different than that person that wants to make themselves a size 10. Let's say their wedding is the 1st of August. They need to make that date. They should kind of look at their training in the same way. What I tend to do is I, I look at the date I'm competing and then I work backwards and I usually aim for like a 10 or a 12 week block building into that period. And I just work out what I need to do, like what key things I need to do along the way to get to that point on that date. And then, I, mean, I think that's probably the same kind of mentality that people can apply to these like everyday goes. The only difference is, is that I've then got my next goal in mind, which is what I think people need to start considering is, okay, I want to get to size 10 on this date or by this date what happens then like you already said do i just hit that size 10 and drop off or do i think about right what have i got to do now to maintain that size 10 because if i suddenly creep up to size 12 14 whatever it is and then i want to go back to being a size 10 I've, it's going to be harder it's going to be harder to do it again so i think that's what people need to do is absolutely just start looking beyond the goal and how do they then maintain that level of fitness that they got I think, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like once you, it's hardest to like, uh, say like, for example, it's, it's hard to say, get a hundred kilo bench, but once you've got it, it's easier to maintain. But I think that also works on the flip side in terms of once you've been like, say seriously overweight, it's far easier to get back to being seriously overweight. So I think it does kind of work both ways, but for even once you've achieved uh what it is you want to achieve like like you just said maintenance can be a goal like yeah, just maintaining what it is you have and to be honest maintaining is far easier than gaining in the first place in, in every yeah. respect so like just you, you'll probably find you can once you've achieved what it is you achieve taper off for a bit and just chill out say you've been hitting the gym four times you can probably hit it two or three and just yep. maintain it is what you have so far while you figure out what it is you next want to do it's just a case of you just really don't want to throw away all the work you've already put in because yeah. you just, yeah, it's just not, you know, yeah, it's just not good. Just, I think that's a really, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. It's but just that's the thing. Good. It's like, why waste three months, four months, yeah, five yeah. months of your life on something? Um, and I think that was a lot of the reason why when I stopped MMA that I wanted to get into something else is because I put all these years to something. I built this massive base of fitness. Then why lose that? And obviously, yeah. I knew the enjoyment that just being fit brought to my life. 
It's like the, the things that it did for me, both sort of mentally and physically. And I think that the, the real key thing there is, yeah, just just moving into that maintenance phase. And I think that maintenance phase is like one of the most important phases in a way, because I think this is where people start to get the most enjoyment out of things, because this is where they're actually, they, they've hit their goal and now they're, they're staying at their goal level. Um, this, I know, work, life balance, all of this kind of things, like life is stressful. Life has been, if you've got like a family and children, um, mortgage, all of these things contribute to stress. And like for people just getting out for an hour a day and breaking that cycle and just losing themselves in exercise, I think that's a massive thing. And I think that's why that maintenance phase is really, really important. And at any one point, you can do exactly as you said there. You can just take a little step back from it. You can take a little ramp up. Have a, have a deload, thing, yeah. Have a break. Yeah. Just, just like, because you're going to feel burnt out as it is. At yeah. some point, everyone feels burnt out at some point. So it's just like, yeah. you just give your, give yourself a chance, but don't obviously just like cut everything all together. At least hold yourself accountable at least a little bit. But just, yeah, yeah just accept how you, it's almost just accepting how you feel. Um, but not necessarily giving into every emotion that might be there. You have to yeah. obviously still like well, the you know you still have to remain at least a little bit disciplined, but you can still listen to yourself and be like gentle with yourself a little bit. Sometimes you don't have to. It doesn't have to be either extreme. There is like a lot of gray and like there is a middle ground with all of this. It's not either go hard or go home. There is sometimes like go go a little bit hard and maybe spend a little bit more time at home you know it's like so yeah because let's be fair that like over the course of a month are you better to have worked out every other day or every third day or done nothing, nothing and regardless no. if that working out is is half-assed or you're just going through the motions i would still argue that's much better than way better yeah yeah nothing. yeah exactly exactly um and that's exactly what i'm going to do next week I'm, I'm already at that point now where I'm pretty much like done with running for the short term. It's like I've run so yeah. much recently. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I know it's a long run. Yeah. Yeah. But what I won't do next week is stop running. What I'll do is I'll just be like, right, I'm going out for a run. It's going to be capped at an hour as opposed to going out for a run and like banging yeah. out three and a half hours and things like that. Um, and again, it's like, I don't need to worry about pacing. It's like, all I'll do is just, I'll just literally change my Garmin to be, to have a timer on it. And I'll just go out and run by field for a few weeks, get my body back, get myself comfortable. And I think this is like the real key things that people will sort of get wrong. And this is with all types of training now. Is It is exactly like you've said that just go hard, go hard or go home type of attitude. It, it is not the way to train. It's like, we all know that we should be kind of sort of, periodizing our, our kind of routines and working towards something and this kind of thing um there's a reason you follow a training program there's a reason i've been training for 42k runs since christmas because i'm not just going to get up one day and go running a marathon today and i'm going to do it in like three hours and that's that because that's just not how it well it might be like that for some people but um but like that's just not how it works so i can't just walk into the gym at any one point and go right yeah, i'm going to squat like 140 kilos today that 70 kilos body weight it's, it just isn't going to happen and this this is why people obviously do need to follow those programs and they do need to do things properly and sometimes that's the go that's the only go you need um there's that kind of magic number in the gym for a lot of guys it's like right i'm gonna 
bench 100 or I'm going to deadlift 100 or I'm going to squat 100. And that could be their goal. Instead of worrying about this bigger picture, just right in my mind, I know that like, over the next six weeks, that's what I'm going to work towards is just getting that, that short-term goal of 100 kilos. And exactly like you've said, once you hit it once, it's there. You can do it. And then you might start to then do that two or three times a month or once a week. Who knows? And of course, then it's just like, right, what what now will my PR be? Can I get 102.5? Can I get 100 for two? This kind of thing. It's just small baby steps. But I think I think those are the things that people really, really need to focus on. It's just sort of realizing that it is small steps, but they're attainable steps over time. Yeah. It's also a weird one, actually, just kind of on a tangent, we're talking about PRing. I pulled 150 for the first time on Trap Bar yesterday. And what was interesting is I used to, I only, I've been doing two sets, literally two sets a week on trap bar for like the past 12 weeks. And I've somehow PR'd on it, despite in previous training, like last year when I still didn't really know what I was doing, um, was doing it like two times a week and more sets. Two times a week for like 12 weeks, I've like somehow gone from like 140 to 150 and it pulled easy like i feel like i could pull yeah, yeah, 52 and a half 155 i was just like it's just weird i mean i've been training like a lot of plyometrics as well and like high velocity work i don't know if that's paying off too but it's just I just thought it was really odd because my box jump has gone up and my trap bar deadlifts has gone up which is really sick um so yeah, yeah, it hit exactly what i wanted at in terms of that power and velocity training or force and velocity training but i just thought that was kind of weird um, no, no, but yeah, six, say, 66 like, kilo body weight is what I weigh right now. So 150 is pretty yeah, trappable. Because I, mean, yeah. I mean, most people are kind of kind of be thinking with a with a bar deadlift, hitting yeah. two times from body weight is going to be like... Yeah, there. it is a bit but easier than trap bar, I wide, but yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, still like say 66 kilos, putting 150 off the ground. Like that, yeah. it's good it's weight. Right. But I find exactly that. I find, so I generally now... I do go through little cycles in my lifting and I do look at the end of each of those little psychos, but cycles, not psychos, <laughs> to be hitting to be hitting a decent weight. But I'm not worried about PRing anymore. Like I don't I don't like vanity lift or anything. I I go in there and I try to get the most out of it, depending on how I feel on that day. Um but I always know towards the end of like these kind of little sort of micro cycles that I You want to see where you're at. Light to heavy. Yeah. 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 And it's so bizarre the amount of times that you you just smash one out on the day you're not expecting. <laughs> excuse me, on the day you're not expecting. Um, I was I did my last squat session um, ahead of the marathon on Saturday, and it was ten followed by five by five followed by three by three, um, and the five by five all came really really easy um, up at over hundred k. And then the three by threes, it was just the case of just, I, I knew the weight I wanted to lift, which was actually only going to be 90 kilos. I didn't actually intend to go into like triple figures because I want to keep it relatively uh, moderate for myself because I'm racing next week and it was going to be my last leg work. Right? But I was like, oh, do you know, what? I'll just start piling them on. And again, I was nowhere near a PR, but those three by threes came so easy. And each easy, one I just, yeah. lift, I just took the weight tell, out. And right? You can just really, tell. really comfortable lift. And it's like, if I had on that day of just been thinking, do you know what, I, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. That would have been a PR day. There's absolutely no yeah, doubt you, you know it. Yeah, yeah you just know. It's just it. so just comfortable. Now, that was yeah. at the end of a little cycle because I knew exactly what this was going to look like. And I knew that it was going to be my last leg workout for a week. 
know, for a week and a half and that kind of thing. Mm. And should have been strong at that point. But I was just so comfortably strong. And it is strange how these things sometimes happen. Sometimes there is no actual rhyme or reason for just being strong on any given yeah. one day or at the end of one cycle. Um, I found that just introducing um, hang cleans into my training. That's in my next mezzo. Everything. Next mezzo, I'm switching from yeah. just standard trap bar deadlift to trap bar hang cleans. Yeah, and it changed everything. Yeah. Um, it's like my explosiveness it. went up, my lifting yeah. ability went up, my pull from the ground went up, um, and it was just that one small exercise. But I, I think that, that unstuck probably about three or four years of training, just introducing that one exercise. Into yeah, that's routine. the thing. New stimulus, man. It's just switch, add some new stimuluses every now and yeah. again. That's one I'm really excited to introduce to see where my explosiveness goes over that 12, yeah. next 12-week 12 meso. Um, I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm working. I'm going to try and start at 60% percent yep. one rep, uh, percent one rep max. So that would be like 90 or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to work at 60% to start with, I think, and then kind of go from there. Um, I don't want to start too heavy, really. I did feel it out after I did the PR set and 60. I did I did five, um, just a set of five, just to feel out, and it felt pretty good off the ground. So I was like, I'll probably start at 60% and then just slowly increase, maybe to 70 yeah. by the end of the 12 weeks. But something And like again, that. things like that as well, like, um, uh, well, you know, this from a conversation we had in the gym about a week ago when I was in that front squatting and I just did a, like a, a pyramid front squat up and down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, just introducing those kind of secondary exercises to support, like like my main lift will always be a back squat there. But just mm-hmm. introducing something like a, a front squat that is that transition between obviously the kind of Olympic lifting and the more powerlifting based stuff. And it, mm-hmm. It's amazing what those kind of exercises can do for your power. And of course, something like a, a front squat where you obviously are getting that, that squat stimulus, um, but it also translates into things like snatches, it translates into your cleans, it translates into your thrusters. Um, overhead work, if you work push press, if you watch jerk, the front squat kind of backs up. Yeah, the front the squat for Olympic lifting it's is just, yeah, it's, you can't almost can't not. And do it. sometimes it is just finding those little golden movements um, that. It just changed yeah. everything for you. And yeah, you know, you're right. And I think it is just like it's moving out. Some we said right at the very beginning here, where you've got that person that's just going to the gym three times a week, doing the same weights, the same workout over and over and over again. Of course, they're getting benefit from that. But let's just say on one day they switch out pack flies on a machine to a heavy bench press. They're suddenly just from changing that one movement, probably going to start to notice a new set of gains again. Because yeah. they, they've taken away this machine, so they're now using this bar that they've got to balance, and they've got to start dealing with these little secondary muscles, and they've got to yeah. actually start to reengage well, just, just go from a normal bench to a dumbbell bench. It could be as simple yeah. as that, really. Like hundred percent, literally just small switch outs. Um, and I do those things sort of all the time as well. There's, yeah. there's plenty of days where I pick, I pick up the bar, and it's like the twenty kilo bar feels heavy. And it's like, do you know, what? I'm I'm not going to risk it. I'm I'm experienced enough to know that today isn't the day. So this is almost the opposite of what we said just now, where you go in there and you feel super strong and you you just smash up those PRs without even thinking about it. There's also those days where you walk in there and you're like, that feels terrible. It's like, mm. that's cool. Don't walk away. Don't go home. Just change it. Or just take a little step back for a moment. Yeah, so just do it. Easy. Yeah. Lift heavy yeah. every time. No, no, you're right. We did have a uh, good comprehensive list of stuff. <laughs> I think we're um, probably... 
which is just we just well, pick off a few of these and I do some brush over some. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think let's definitely talk about at least as quick as we can anyway, exercise versus training. I think we have kind of talked about that. I think we just kind of explained that exercise is a bit more broad and that's a bit more, I think, a little more lifestyle orientated while training is something you have for a specific goal. You have a pretty much. specific goal. There's usually an end point, whether that be yeah, an end point, a yeah. personal goal or it be but you're training for an event. I'm training to get better at climbing, but I don't have an end goal. So like sometimes training yeah. can be like for a sport to get better at that thing or yeah. you have like a marathon this Sunday and that's what you're training for. So it can In which case, both. so... It, it absolutely can because my uh, my lifting right now is supplementary to my running. My programming right now is all based around my running to reach my end. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My lifting supplementary to that, and that's kind of how it's for you. Like, obviously, you you're working. Your main focus right now is climbing, but you're using your strength training as a supplement to get better at climbing. Better at climbing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, no, you're right. But, um, I think. <clears throat> without kind of hanging on this one for too long the difference between the exercise and training is usually that like you've got that going you've got a program that you're following and you've got certain steps or certain key markers or workouts that you need to hit along the way to reach that goal be it running a 21k be it lifting a certain weight that kind of thing and there's there is usually an end game the one bit of advice that I would always give to that is what i said just just now about my own training is work backwards right i'm going to lift this squat on this date what have i got to do to get there i've got eight let's have eight weeks to get there okay and i'll just make the numbers up now but let's say the final lift i want to hit 100 kilos for one rep on this date so what can i do over eight weeks then backwards to do that how do i get and i would i would just kind of go like 195 90 85 again i'm making real what steps i got to take along the way to get there from what i can lift now to what I think I can lift them, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, I think yeah, that's kind I, think of neat. Ex- I think exercise will generally apply to like old people, right? They just yeah. need to exercise to keep healthy. Like it's not that they can't then up weights and up, you know, up make progress. It's just it's a bit more like they just, you know, people like that. You know, where I work, they'll just go to classes and stuff to stay healthy, and it's social and it's something to do. Like that's exercising, you know, that's just keeping healthy and keeping fit and. They don't have to, you don't have to worry about stuff like that, like too much about training to get better and all this shit. You do, you yeah. can just exercise to have fun and stay healthy, play a sport that you love that you just like to exercise yeah. with. Play, go play football with your five aside once a week. That's just, you know, I get think, some exercise. In. I personally think exercise is less stressful than training. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the key thing that exercise is just like you say, you're going out, you're enjoying yourself, you're moving your body, it's social. Training is when you're actually focused on something and that's when it get, that's when this can become stressful. And this is when you've got to be careful of the obsession of things. You've got to be careful about getting carried away with like your food and your calories and obsessing over the numbers and all of those kind of things. Those are things that with exercise you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That when it's you start delving into training territory for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I think what stuff we've kind of brushed over a little bit is um, when you are looking to sort of, you know, take it up a notch, I think you do need to provide yourself some sort of structure to your workouts and some maybe some periodization. You work things into blocks um, yep. and just start writing down everything you're doing. You really do need to start right. logging a bit more. You need to track. 
Otherwise, you just don't know. I mean, some people, I, I know some people don't track and they're fine. I think, do you know what's funny? I feel like maybe it's funny with general muscle growth and like hypertrophy work. If you're pushing to failure like a lot, like more or less every session, sometimes the weights don't necessarily matter as much because you're chasing that feeling of yeah. uh, slowing of contraction speed. So it doesn't necessarily matter what weights on the bar as long as you're getting that yeah. failure feeling it doesn't really matter but to monitor progressive overload you do need to write it down maybe a little bit um but yeah generally like i feel like it's funny because it's obviously a big part of but then again i thought i think it's also great to just write stuff down so you know you can just like think i've got you know i've got spreadsheets from the past three years i can look at like three years ago what i was lifting and look at now and be like oh shit i've actually come quite far in three years that's pretty sick yeah Absolutely. Um, and I think this is a real key thing that people don't do. And I think if you're going to do anything that this means you're going to be chasing a PR or you're going to be chasing a max lift or whatever it might be, then you need to track it. You need to log it. At the very, very minimum, you need to know what you did to get that, yeah, that exactly. PR. What, what yeah. did you do? So if you're in that exercise phase, maybe you aren't tracking every workout. You're just going to the gym, you're doing some biceps and triceps, you listen vanity whatever it might be but once you start actually dialing it in and start to think about stuff then i think you absolutely need to do it and i absolutely kind of track my stuff it's really easy now i'd like to track stuff you can just i can't not, on your phone. I can't it's, not track it's, it's not difficult um no, i obviously everything. yeah i obviously everything. my running i wear my garden for everything and everything is being tracked i wear external heart rate monitor so all of my running stuff takes care of itself it's really easy Putting its Garmin or Strava or whatever it might be, but then it's the same with my lifts. I'm the same as you. I've got a spreadsheet there. I know what my clean PR is, and I know what steps I took to get that clean PR, and I know what steps I need to take to get my next clean PR, and so on and so on. And I think this is a really, really important thing because actually you just end up blindly rocking up at the gym thinking, "Right, I'm going to be clean today." And it's okay, yeah, of course. Like sometimes you do just have to go off the field, but we're only as good as our memories, and quite often. Our memories aren't that great in I can't remember what six week cycle I did two years ago to get a, mm. a clean PR. But I can go back and look at it and see the steps. Yeah, I and I can see exactly what I did. Yeah. Another important thing when you do kind of track is just make a note of how you felt. Really small thing. Was it mm. was it difficult? Did you feel good on that day? Yeah. Were you tired? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just score yourself out of ten. Just tiny little things like that so yeah. you know that um, oh, I didn't hit the numbers I wanted to hit that day, but I also scored myself as a 3 out of 10 for fatigue or 10 out of 10 for fatigue, depending on how you want to do it. Um, but something like that. So just be aware of how you're actually sort of physically feeling that day because, again, that yeah, massively impacts. I can usually tell just by, like, sometimes I'll color code it or, like, walk yeah. out in red if I miss something or... I'll put it in orange and then just write down whatever is lifted. But you can usually just tell by like the tracking on the numbers on the day. You know, like if I've been like say doing like one thirty five for three, one thirty five for four, one forty for two, and then suddenly one thirty for two. Yeah. I know, like you that was know probably something. a shit day. There's no, yeah, I know, you know something was probably happened. off that day. Like that, the tra- the the progression wasn't linear. So I just you know, but that's fine. It's only one week at the end of the day. It's only one day. Like that's fine. And that's exactly, that's a really good point. There is that it is only one session, 
this you one should day. never take your last day. session into yeah. the next one. And that works in both ways. Yes, you should take the confidence, a strong session into the next one. But don't take yeah. it for granted that the next session is going to be a build on that because it isn't. Yeah. Um, over a 12-week period, yeah, of course it will be. You should see a progression. But there are going to be days where you feel absolutely shit hot and there are going to be days where you feel absolutely terrible. And sometimes yeah. those days where you feel absolutely terrible end up being the best sessions. That's the other thing. Yeah, I've The way you lot. feel when you walk in the gym isn't the way that it's going to go. Um, and it's it's really, really kind of... It's, it's up to... It's up to you to sort of determine how it's going to feel once you start moving. Yeah, start I think if, if you feel like shit go when you get into the gym, just get warmed up first. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe do the first lift or two because you can't really tell until you've actually started where you're at because I've had so many sessions where I feel like, crap, my body aches, but I've either beat the rep target that I was going for or like whatever and done better than I thought. Like, to be honest, like yesterday when I was putting that PR, I just felt a bit like shit. My nervous system just didn't feel quite on, but I still pulled. Yeah, yeah. So it's like sometimes you just can't really tell. You just no, like, absolutely. let your body get warmed up first, get into it, and sometimes you'll find at least then you might push through a little bit of the workout anyway. I find that very often on my interval days for my runs. So the way that I've kind of scheduled them for uh, this block is that I would do my long run, then I would do an easy run, and then the next day would be my interval session. And my interval session normally lasts anything from 45 to 55 minutes, and on the distance of those intervals. Now, depending on how the long run went two days before, those intervals can either be shit or they can be absolutely terrible. But the easiest thing that I've found over time is normally what I do for my interval sessions where I give myself an 800 meal warm up and then I crack into my intervals. But sometimes it's just like at the end of that 800, just feel a bit clunky. Just give myself another 800. I'll just extend that warm up a little bit. So I've now done basically a mile. And it's like, how do I feel now? And it's like, if I get to about 1600 meters or that mile distance and I'm like, still feeling a bit clunky i'll just put it up to 400 meters on take it up to 2k warm up by then i am really ready to go probably because of the pace i warm up it's the best part of 10 minutes it should be my body should be moving now i should have started to get my head into it and i'll be ready to go now on another day like you say that 800 is going to be all i need i can just go out there i can bang it out four or five minutes work and i'm ready to go but sometimes it is just a case of listening to yourself. And instead of just stepping off and giving up on the session, just take that, like you just said, take that extra tiny little bit of time to understand what you need. Is it better to kind of yeah. put an extra five minutes into your warm up and then have a really good session? Or are you better, or should you just bumble your way through it? Everything's a bit clunky, everything's a bit off. You risk injury, your head's not in it, you didn't enjoy it. You drag that into the next session because you remember your last session being bad. It's just small things like that. Yeah. My intervals, all that means is that, like, instead of doing 10 intervals, I might do nine. But if those nine intervals shit on, I got the stimulus I wanted, then to me, that's a productive session rather than doing yeah. 10 really shit ones and not hitting anything. Yeah. You just have to start. Yeah, that's one thing you just got to start picking up on as you sort of move down the line is you just have to start listening to your body more and kind of understand yeah, what works for you and what does work for you. Because yeah. everyone's everyone's different and that's what you'll find. Like some people can just rock up and do stuff no matter what. You know, some people some people will be able to put on weight with 2,500 calories. Some people have to be four or five 
you know like you just have to find like or like some people can cut on 2k some people have to cut on a thousand like everyone's just like so different so you really have to listen to your body and find out what works for you and just start paying attention to that a little bit more put your ear to it and just kind of make a mental note of kind of where you're at and uh what warm-ups work for you what kind of loosens your body up more what bits are generally more stiff on on when you warm up do you have to put more attention into um i know we're using more warm up as quite an example but it's quite a good example of you it is a really good example. Um, and yeah. like recovery as well like how much sleep do you need or like make a note okay i had eight hours sleep last night and i feel okay i had seven the next night and i felt better so maybe seven is actually where i'm going to be at and just start thinking about those things a little bit more you just, just make a note if you need yeah. to like again get almost going full circle here right back to the whole sleep thing because you just touched on it oh, yeah. generally i feel better if i'm waking up around 7 a.m than I do when I wake up around 7.30 because I go to sleep at roughly the same time every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wake up roughly the same time every morning. Sometimes if I drag that on, 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, start to shit again. Um, and it is just small things like that. Just make a note of these things, understand it. It's like, well, do you know what? When I get up at 8 o'clock, I feel absolutely knackered. But if I get up at 7, 7.15, whatever it is, it's like, I feel quite good. I'm, I'm okay. Getting up's crap, and I said this before. Like, I don't care what time yeah, it is, it's crap. It's but at least I'd find that little window where it feels okay. Um, we, we're all going to have to get up. Like it's as simple as that. Yeah, um, and if you, you know, if you prefer going in the evening, go in the evening. You don't have to go in the morning. Like, just go whatever time of day suits you. I know people that would rather train at twelve o'clock at night. Yeah, because this is where they where they feel they're most productive. That's fine. Like. I used to know a guy back when I used to work in retail, right? He was, his body clock was, he would uh, get up at like, I don't know, 12 p.m., 1 p.m. He would go to work at 2 p.m. until 10. And then he'd go home for a bit. And then he'd go to the gym at like 12, 1 in the morning and then sleep after that. So his morning was like at 2 p.m. Like doing a morning shift was him like getting up at 1 p.m. So his like, his whole cycle was just completely opposite. But it clearly worked for him. Yeah. No, it worked for him though, and he he went every more or less every day, and he lifted and stuff. He got he got it done, and he just liked working, like lifting in an empty gym. So it's just fuck all people in there at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So he got to use everything he wanted to use, and like you don't have that pressure of like which people find with the gym, obviously, and those kind of anxieties and stuff from lifting around people. He could just have the gym to himself. Um, I think yeah, it's something I was speaking to someone about. I think anxieties can be depending on the person a little bit another type of person for sure like um i think if you're a woman or whatever or like particularly a young woman your anxieties are definitely in a different place compared to if you're a bloke um you're like you're like a lot of women i know that they'll be worried about people staring at them guys staring at them and that kind of thing if you're an old person you just maybe don't want to make look stupid or like yeah. you don't know what you're doing, um, or like you shouldn't belong there and being intimidated by young people. If you're a young bloke, you don't want to be emasculated by all the other guys in there that are like big and lifting heavy weights. So there's definitely like that kind of anxieties and stuff. But I think you'll find you definitely find over time those do those things will generally wear themselves away. Um, you just have to chip away at that by just keep going. Think, yeah, and I think this goes with that kind of just incompetence in the surroundings it's like the longer you spend in that environment the longer you become part of that environment um, yeah. um you stop and you start chatting to people and you realize that again we've already kind of taught this that 
everybody at every level. And you talk there about three or four different types of people. Everybody has hang-ups of some type. Um, not Nobody just walks into Brown. I'm sure there are some people. Nobody walks in there with no anxieties or no hang-ups or they're, they're not thinking about the other people. Like the the big guys are all worried about what the next big guy next to them is lifting. And like everybody is yeah. comparing themselves to somebody. And there's not many people yeah. that are just going in there and just blindly getting on with it. And I think that is just a really, really key point is that people will have these anxieties, but you can't work around them, whether it's like you say, the time of baby, whether it's the confidence of the team to go to that space. You never know that that person that you're the most intimidated of in the gym, as soon as you talk to them, that they could actually be the nicest person on the planet. Like it's, it, a lot of it is just breaking barriers and just kind of. Yeah, you'll always be surprised. Yeah, um, and I think, I think we're lucky generally in the, the environment we work at. Everyone there's pretty friendly and everyone like yeah, yeah. chats to each other. Um, and it's fact, the amount of times I've had to, I, I think I've done it to you. I've had to apologize to you, but I'll text you after you're like, just in a rush. I wasn't being rude. Oh, yeah, yeah. And chat and things like that. Um, yeah, and that kind of thing. And it's, it's, that's just the environment it is. And I've historically found that pretty much any gym environment I've been to, any, um, MMA gym, jiu-jitsu gym, everybody's the same like that. Once you just get past that exterior, everyone's absolutely sound. Yeah, yeah, there's a mutual respect there between everyone, really. Yeah. Everyone yeah, kind of knows the, the journey and whatever that everyone's on, and there's always someone there that knows exactly, more or less, exactly what you've been through and what yeah. you're currently going through. So, because, um, yeah. That, that big guy in the corner that everyone's intimidating of, wasn't always that big guy. Wasn't before. always big. Yeah, exactly. There's a story for him to be there or how to be there as it was. Unless um, Andre the Giant's in the corner, then he was always big. That would be the best gym ever. I don't know. He would take up a hell of a lot of space. And in that, in the that gym that we have, I don't think, yeah. No, I don't know if I want Andre the Giant in our gym, if I'm being honest. I mean, I know he's dead. <laughs> So yeah, he's not I mean, going to turn up anytime soon. To so I'll, I'll bring what we going to have tomorrow. Yeah, we were going to have Chuck Liddell in the gym at one point. Did you know that? No, no, no. Literally, like, before COVID, Chuck Liddell yeah. was scheduled to come to the Leisure Centre to do a talk, but COVID happened and it got cancelled. Chuck amazing. Liddell. How nuts is that? How rad, How did that happen? Like, who, who arranged that? Chuck That's Liddell, very, like very no way where we live does anyone know who the fuck Chuck Liddell is. Me and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me, you, and like Morgan. Yeah, like, I, I have been the um, only people there. I have a photo from this is a long time ago. So I was I was training with uh, lunch shoot by guys, so it's going back a long way. And it was when the UFC did that first show at the Royal Albert Hall. So this is like the UFC. Right. 38 or something like that. I don't know. Long, long time ago. And um, I've, I've got a photo of me stood with Tito, more both like, and took the fighter's pose. And then, like, literally stood behind me is Chuck Liddell. And it's like both those guys are big old units, especially them. Yeah. You know, that was, like, they're kind they were of like 205. 205 right? I mean, yeah, 205. Yeah. Like, and they're walking around at like 220, 230. Yeah, yeah. Big dudes. I feel like 205 guys are even bigger these days. Yeah. Tito no. Ortiz though, like hands, his hands were huge. It's yeah. ridiculous because I was fighting at the time, and I think I was fighting either sixty one or sixty five. I can't remember, 
But um, yeah, we both kind of stood there like this, and it's, it's ridiculous. I, I I literally look like a child stood next to him. It's it's, yeah, it's right. ridiculously ridiculously right. crazy. But yeah, they're big old guys. But no, I didn't know that. That would have been yeah, nuts. that would have been nuts, right? COVID ruined a lot, but it ruined the opportunity for us to meet Chuck Liddell officially. So that's the biggest tragedy of COVID, right there. It could, it could possibly be. <laughs> no, I don't want to make a joke about that. Millions of people died. Um, but on that, yeah, note, but you didn't uh, get to meet uh, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, there you go. Um, I my battery's about to die on my laptop, so I should. Like good I think we've. Do you know what? Looking at our list, I actually think we covered everything, which I'm quite surprised at because I didn't think we would. I think, yeah, I think we bumbled away for a few things there. There's definitely a few takeaways there. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's a good follow-on from the last one, I think, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'm happy Brilliant. Let's do it. Good stuff. Right, on to the next one. 